You are listening to episode 90 of the Playing Flow podcast with Rita Hyland. Hello, I'm Rita Hyland, and you're about to discover what it means to position your business, career, and life to play full out. This show explores the way leaders just like you embrace and achieve their ambition without working harder or grinding it out any longer. So if you want to take your life, business, or career to a playing full out status and do so while being the happiest high performer in the room, then hang with me because this show shares everything you need to know using the best of neuroscience, transformational psychology, and a bit of spiritual wisdom to help you change fast, even when it's uncomfortable or scary, or you failed to do so in the past. All this so that you can enjoy more freedom and prosperity in your business and life. I'm happy you're here. I'm so glad you're here today. I have been getting a question lately, and I thought I would bring it to this episode in the event that you're someone who is overextended or feeling burnt out in the workplace and your attempts to fix the problem have not been successful. You Maybe you've pushed yourself for too long and you know that your situation and you are not well and are certainly not sustainable for much longer, but you don't know how to approach your boss. The question that I'm being asked is, how do I tell my boss I'm burnt out without jeopardizing my career? You know if you don't have the conversation that nothing will change, but how do you have that conversation? How do you do it? It's a really hot topic right now for both employees and managers, because at this point, any strong leader knows that the employee's well-being is directly tied to business outcomes. We know that when employees start sacrificing themselves, their well-being to produce business results, that the business is going to ultimately see it in their bottom lines sooner than later. Once someone is burnt out, productivity and performance drop substantially, and then the chances that they're going to seek to leave are also dramatically increased. If that someone is you, hold on because there's a step before leaving that you can and should take, and that is to have a constructive conversation with your boss. Because the chance of you changing things is likely higher than you think, and you may be able to position yourself to build the work and the life that you want without compromising yourself any longer or having to leave altogether. I mean, after all, you have likely built up a great deal of credibility based on your performance. And so be open to the possibility that having a strong conversation could turn everything, even when right now it feels like that's impossible. The well-being of those who work for a business or an organization is the singular greatest advantage that companies have. And while leaders should be doing everything themselves to make sure that their teams, including you, are not getting burned out, When they don't, or when you have hit a place for whatever reason that you are burnout or you're overextended, a conversation is your next step. So today I'm going to give you some of those practical ways to have that conversation with your boss in a way that you can be heard and that gets you what you need to get your groove back, to get your breath back, to get restored without hurting your career, and actually to improve your well-being and potentially the team and your entire workplace by being able to have this conversation. Okay, there's two things you must know when it comes to burnout in the workplace. And the first is 
that you are not weak because you've reached a limit to dealing with your workload. The second is you're not alone. Employees across all industries right now are feeling worn down and they're feeling battered and and beaten. And oftentimes it's because what they're being asked to do isn't sustainable. What I've noticed is that the driven and the strong leaders, especially their blessing and their curse is that they have a high threshold for pain. What this means is that they too often have been tolerating being out of balance and overextended for a long time before they are open to saying uncle. And I've talked to men and women, young and old leaders, rising and established, who have been the engine helping so many hold up. And right now, their systems, their engine systems are very low on oil, and they are absolutely burning out. The rising workloads and what employers have been asking employees to do has been rising for a long time, you know, before the pandemic. But this obviously has hit a crescendo in light of the pandemic, and people are wondering when and how they can say mercy without jeopardizing their job and everything they've worked so hard to build. So the reality is that a lot of people have been asked to do things that are unrealistic. They're wearing too many hats. They have had so many people leave their teams and they're trying to hold up too many newly trained and newly hired people. And so with all of this, there's been a max limit that's being reached and boundary lines are being hit. So regardless of whether your company has had a growth spurt or hit a down streak, a rising workload is common in both of these. And in many cases, again, the workload, which was told it would be temporary, is only increasing and it's simply not sustainable and you are feeling it and you know this. Today, I'm going to share with you how to know when it's time for you to tell your boss you're burnout, what and how much to say so that you're heard, how to reboot. As I said, I'll also share how to position the conversation in a few ways that are going to guarantee that you can take charge of your career in the process. I'm going to give you some of the exact words to use and the parts to that conversation. And if you're the boss on the receiving end of one of those conversations and you're listening right now, I'm going to give you a couple tips to help you know what to do, you can do to create an organization that supports individuals in this space or to prevent them in the future. I was recently talking to a man who reports to the CEO and who himself is being groomed to fill that role eventually. And he told me that when he started at the company, for years ago that the company had only, I think, four or six reports. And today it's nearing 50 on the team. And the business is constantly at this point trying to keep up with massive growth and staffing and training along with client servicing. And at the end of the day, everything, especially the problems are landing back on his lap. And it's just simply too much. And he's waited a long time to acknowledge or say anything about it. He said personal things this year that have made things more complex in his life as well. He thought that he could manage it all and that he was the only one that could. After all, he's hired most everyone. He did not see an out. And so he he's pushed and has hit a, a threshold where he can't go any further. So that's one situation. I was talking to another leader that was suffering from insomnia and anxiety and even what he believes are panic attacks now. And he said, this has never happened to him before. 
and several key players have left for various reasons over the past year. And now he's worried that when anyone calls, it's going to be to tell him that they're leaving. And as a result, he admits that he's been taking on additional work in an attempt to lessen his team and other key players' burdens and just so he could make sure to stop the hemorrhage. But this is causing an incredible amount of obviously internal stress on him and he's worried more people will leave. And again, he can't see a way out of his own burnout. So what does he do? As always, the first step is to acknowledge that the problem exists, acknowledge that the workload is not going to change. Stop saying that it's temporary. You can't work on a problem that you don't acknowledge. So the bottom line is that just admit that the workload's not going to change until you change. And realize that nobody knows how much you can take if you don't tell them. We have to make others aware of our boundary lines. And if you don't tell them, you can't be helped or supported. Once you've acknowledged that you're burnout, your second step is to be brave and to have the conversation. And the best way to avoid delaying that conversation is to put a date on it. Simply look for an upcoming opportunity for a one-to-one conversation and schedule it. If you need to talk to someone else in advance to prepare your thoughts or to go over what you're thinking, do so. Mentors, friends, colleagues, coaches, find someone to run through that with. When you have the conversation, realize that you don't need to say everything that's happening, but you do need to be clear. I'm burnt out or I'm overextended. Now, the word is out there on the streets. If the employer is listening, strong leaders understand that your well-being is a priority and it has an impact and they will want to help you address the challenges that you're facing if they're a strong leader. This isn't going to be the first time that they've heard this and it's not going to be the last time either. It is not a sign of weakness. Nobody even knows what the extent is of the work and what you're taking on. Remember that the goal of the conversation is to share that you want and need a change to the current way things are being done. Most good bosses are going to want to help, but since you're going to probably surprise them, they're not going to have an immediate solution. So they don't know you, so you have to be prepared to ask for what you want and need. A lot of times we feel so relieved to just finally express that we're burnt out. We are like, oh my gosh, we got it out. I hear from people, I got it out. But we miss the opportunity in those moments to ask directly for what it is that we need to catch our breath. If you're asking for a change, be clear of what you want. Is it some necessary time off? Is it the availability to leave for a therapy session? Is it mental health day, a mental health week or a mental health month? Is it to remove direct reports or some of your most draining accounts? Be aware enough to know that this is really going to be most likely a gut punch to your boss. He or she's, again, likely to be very surprised. This is actually what I hear a lot from the bosses. You know, you probably have been a high contributor and a high performer and you make it look easy. You haven't complained. You say yes and take on everything that's asked of you. Nobody has known you have a breaking point or a boundary line because you've never told them. So unwittingly, what happens in these moments is that we train people how to treat us. And now you're in need of retraining them for a new way. And that's the crux of this conversation. A lot of times I'll hear people tell me that their boss is also overextended and they can't begin to ask him or her 
for anything because everyone is in the same situation. They can't ask to offload things on other people on their team. Here's the deal. Do not hold on or hold off of this conversation. Don't hold on to the work and don't hold off of the conversation. Many leaders are trying to take care of too many people. I can't put more on my boss or I ask myself to do less because so many others are bleeding. This hero complex thinking that you're stronger or more capable of the suffering, it actually hurts more people than it helps. Think of your voice being the voice that helps the team get that begins a change before the change is absolutely not capable or too many others are hurt along the way. If we make an analogy to being in combat, I sort of look at it because it is in a lot of these cases, you're laying it on a battlefield with 10 others in your battalion and you see that they're struggling and you've been administering the tourniquets, but that's only the short-term solution. You've been taking on the work, in other words. You've been trying to to remedy things with, with bandages, but you can't do anything for them. You can't carry them out of danger if you think, even if you think you're the best out there to help them. The best thing to do is to tend to your wounds as a priority. Your well-being and your inner game health is not really selfish. It's actually self-care. It's not a luxury. It's a priority. And consider it irresponsible not to have this conversation if it's needed. The reality is sometimes companies are going to have to take on some of the pain that the employees have been feeling for a while. It's not about blame, but it is a recalibration. In some cases, that's an order. And whatever you do, make sure that you know what you need so that you're no longer compromising your well-being. Come with a request for what you need because a good boss is going to say, how can I help you? What can we do to help you out of this? And so be able to answer the question. The bottom line is remember that your boss in business needs you to speak up and ask for what you need. You continuing to operate at a fraction of your best isn't sustainable. It isn't healthy. It isn't positively impacting anyone. And it isn't affecting the business positively, short or long term. So be clear about what you need and come with the solution. I'm going to give you five parts to the conversation and some of the specific words, because a lot of times you may already know all that we just talked about and that the conversation is needed and that these all logically are good things, but how do you broach it when you know that the person might just, and you care for them, you care for your boss, you care for the organization, and you care for the people that are working for you, but you you don't know where to begin. The first of the five parts is the opening. And very simply, I'm glad we're getting a chance to talk today. While I've been performing well by the numbers and getting things done, I have done so by compromising myself and I'm burnout. Okay. You in this is your opening is your declaration. I am burnt out. While it looks good, while I look like I've been handling it, while everything looks like I should be able to continue it. I have been compromising myself and I'm burnt out. And I thought it was irresponsible to not let you know this. So in that, you're sharing that I am doing my best to be responsible by coming to you. Okay, that's your part one, the open, the declaration. The second part is to relay the facts and your reality. This is where you provide non-judgmental, non-emotional, relaying of the state of the union through your eyes. It's not about blaming or complaining, simply a report. Using numbers is good in this area, in this this part of it. So 
the words that you might use are this past year or whatever time frame, put it into context, and then you're going to report things like the volume has increased significantly as a result of fill in the blank. We have gone from show the changes and what you believe is contributing to your burnout, like that we have gone from this many people to this many people. We have lost this many of our, you know, our top and key players. Whatever it is, it's really good to give some context here. If there are personal details that you have to share, you know, that have made your life complex, it's be vulnerable, share them, but you don't have to elaborate. Hopefully they are actually aware of these already. So you just summarize, as you know, my mother has been sick or my father has died. The kid's school situation has been complicated. Whatever it is, say it as a fact. The combination of these things has really put me at a pace that is impacting my well-being. And I realize it's not sustainable for me any longer. Okay. So you've got your declaration. Bam. I'm, I am burnt out. The second. You relay the facts and reality without emotion, without blame, and with thoughtfulness. The third part is the request, and this is where you ask for what you want. I have spent time thinking about what I need to get the breathing room I feel I need to return to myself. And what I need to ask for is fill in the blank. A mental health day, a decrease in hours weekly. Maybe it's a job reassignment. I need to take a break in July for a month. I need flexibility to be able to work from this place on these days or in this manner. I need to remove this many, you know, hats that I'm wearing and stick with this one. Okay. So you're being really specific so that they're starting to get what your picture is and what direction you're going in and how significant a move that needs to be made. The solution is the fourth part of this. And this is where if you can, provide ideas on how it can work for the business. This is an area where you might not, because this might be the thing that's kept you from having the conversation that you just can't see a solution. But you can be general. You can you can say, you know, what I'm seeing is that ultimately it would be that I'm filling this role and I have, instead of eight reports, I have two. We are moving, you know, Jenny and Molly this way or Joe is coming to this, you know, we make a new position, like give some ideas or solutions and, 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 or say, I'm not completely certain of how to, to do this. and wanted to first bring this to your attention. My intention of telling you this is, is that we together come up with a solution. One so that I can serve at a higher level and be a, a stronger contributor in the areas that I'm best at. And these are my ideas, Right. You don't have to be completely heavy on solution, but be prepared with something if you can. Remember, your boss is not going to have immediate ideas because he or she's been thinking things have been probably going splendidly for some time because you probably haven't spoken and said otherwise. Okay. Your next step is the fifth part of this. You want to make sure in this fifth phase that at the end of the conversation, after you've reviewed and shared everything and you're, you've discussed things, that you get really specific on your next step so that you can keep the momentum and the communication going. And to that end, schedule a date for the follow-up meeting so that everyone can process this. I encourage that to be within the next seven days so that you are taking charge, first of all, and 
expressing the importance of addressing this sooner than later. Otherwise, it's very easy to be talked into, you know, playing with ideas. You, it's your responsibility to share how important this is at this time. The boss is going to likely say something like, if he's like most that, can I, can I sit on this or think on this and, and get back to you? Your response is yes. Let's meet in seven days from now and come back to this conversation. And then put the date on it. The specific time frames are important too. You know, they'll probably say like, when are you thinking that you need to make these changes by? Be clear on that. Because I'm guessing by the time you're having the conversation, you're likely looking for a more near-term opportunity. Be clear. You know, you want to release the pressure that you're experiencing. The key is to paint the picture for your boss and say when and what you need. Most bosses really are going to be glad that you came forward. And when you handle the situation with confidence and thoughtfulness, most bosses, they're going to start asking themselves, are there other people who are feeling like this in the organization? It's going to be helpful for your team members as well. I'm going to add a tip or two for bosses here who are on the receiving end of this conversation. If you're a boss and someone tells you that you're burnt out, they're, they're burnt out. In many cases, you're going to feel like you've been hit in the gut. That's all right, but just don't panic. Your first response is and always is for almost any difficult conversation or something that comes to you is, I'm so glad you're sharing this with me. Thank you for sharing this with me. Your next question is, what do, you, do we need to do to help you to fix this? And then your third step is just to sit and listen, right? And while you might believe that you never signed up to be a psychologist, you did when you became a leader. Because a pure leader's mission is to serve and elevate others. Strong leader's mission is to serve and elevate others. That's why you're in it. It's the most honorable of professions. It's the most honorable of duties and responsibilities when we are leaders. Research has shown that when employees who have managers who are checking in on them, you know, to see how they are doing personally and professionally and give them the flexibility to work how they want that there were significantly lower levels of burnout and distress than in control groups where there wasn't. They were 40% less likely to quit simply by having those conversations and being interested with your team personally and professionally. And now more than ever, it's just the time to start having and scheduling those check-ins. Caring for individuals is the most important and valuable and valued part of strong leadership that there is. Let's review the five parts of your conversation to tell your boss that you're burnt out or overextended without jeopardizing or sacrificing your career. The first is the open, the declaration, I'm burnt out or overextended. The second, the facts and reality, just share the changes and how things are affecting you thoughtfully and without blame. The third is the request, ask for what you want to get back to yourself. The fourth, the solutions. Share your ideas for how this can work for both the company and for you. And the fifth are the next steps. Schedule a next conversation within seven days. Okay, your call to action. If you're burnout or feeling this way, put a date on the calendar and have the conversation. That's what you have to do this week. Your call to action if you're a boss who doesn't know if your team is experiencing burnout is to take a healthy guess and the that the answer is a strong yes, that someone in your organization is, and set up conversation with your key players to ask how they're doing personally and professionally. Let them talk. And if someone says, I'm not doing well, simply say, thank you for telling me that 
and let the conversations begin. Also start training your direct reports how to have that same conversation with their direct reports. Your organization's health and well-being depends on it at this time. We can change the current trajectory of our approach to well-being in the workplace. What is visible is not always most valuable. Our mission as human leaders is to elevate others. And it's the greatest honor, as I said, being a leader. Let's begin by taking care of ourselves and so that we can go forward and serve at higher levels. If you found this helpful, share it with your team and those you care about. And I look forward to talking to you next time. Thank you for being with me today. By you listening to this, it tells me you're interested in growing yourself and likely not just for yourself, but to positively influence others as well. If you enjoyed this podcast, go ahead and share this with your friends and colleagues. When leaders like you grow yourself and then grow others, we all are positively impacted. If you have questions, I'm here to answer them and may even use them in our upcoming podcasts. Go ahead. You can send those questions to Breakthrough at RitaHighland.com. Remember, a half version of you is not enough. The world needs the full version of you at play. I look forward to seeing you on our next podcast. Podcast.